The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the Point Lots of Sports Talk. I am looking at some gruesome pictures of Mark and Jesus. Oh, his leg looks terrible. That's a terrible injury to have, Mark. Uh, welcome to the show. Alex Clancy is in the studio. 888-346-9144 is the number you want to join us. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, we have the uh, NBA draft coming up. Is it today? No, the, the lottery. The, the lottery uh, pick, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's good. You got Andrew Wiggins, University of Kansas, Dante Exum, Jabari Parker, uh, Joe M B, University of Kansas. You got about... Do you go wrong? Can you go wrong with picking these guys? Do you, or is it one of those same conversations we always have? They need one more year of school or they one more year of this or one more year of that, especially when some of these guys like Andrew Wiggins and uh, Joe Embiid, I think uh, Jabari Parker didn't go to the NBA combine or is not or not doing the NBA combine, which I don't think they should do. It's kind of like how I feel about the NFL combine. Is there a wrong picking any of these guys? Because I think Jabari Parker, in my opinion, if I have the first pick, that's who I pick. Now, I'm going against everything about not picking my Kansas guy. Well, I would say Jabari Parker or Joe Embiid. Alex Clancy in the studio. Welcome to the show. Um, in this lottery pick, you got the first pick. Who do you pick? Uh, well, it, it all depends on who. It, it all depends on what team. No, well, I mean, Joe Embiid already has injury issues. You don't want a Greg Oden Jr. What, what, what's his injury injury? Oh, he didn't. Well, he didn't play the whole NCAA tournament. His back injury. Yeah. So yeah. that as a kid, how old is he? Seventeen. Uh, well, probably nineteen. But as a kid, that that's an issue, especially for somebody that's as tall as he is. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So true, him, true it is because if, if, if you can go on two things, one you can go on projected uh, talent or just raw ability. So and a lot of time they're coupled with Jabari Parker, Andrew Wiggins. They're both really raw. They're both really raw. Andrew Wiggins is a little bit smaller, a little bit. Uh, little bit uh, lankier than Jabari Parker. Um, and neither of them showed anything in the NCAA tournament at all. If I were had the number one overall pick, and I said this before, I would take Julius Randle. Seems like Julius Randle is the most NBA-ready of the young guys. And then Shabazz Napier has... If you need a point guard, if you need a project, that guy is like a, uh, is like a Damian Lillard. He has a different skill set, but he played all four years. He won two national championships, and they could have won a third if they didn't get uh, suspended, if they didn't get sanctioned uh, due to grades for the University of Connecticut as a whole. So I think he's a proven winner, so it's difficult to go against a proven winner, isn't it? It is, but if you got an issue, like everybody, most of these guys, I won't say most of them, some of these guys have issues coming out. You're talking about the grades and the situation at the University of Connecticut. Well, if that's something you could have controlled, if they, you had no dealings with that, if that was a universal problem, then I understand. Also, on the uh, Joe MB situation, I, I, I personally, with the number one pick, won't let that scare me away, Hit him having back problems. So Greg Oden doesn't scare you? 
Greg Sam Oden. Bowie doesn't scare you. Bill Walton doesn't scare you. No. Big guys that were taken that their whole careers pretty much were injury-ridden. No, because here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I think I'm thinking. Um, in my um, program, these guys never had a strength program or a training regimen that they've had on the professional level as a semi-pro level uh, that they've been enduring. So as an NFL or as an NBA or MLB, we have the best positions. Uh, you, you hear a lot of talk about the Suns. A lot of guys go to come here to get rehab, to get training, to get better. Um, but we're talking about a young kid at 19 years old. I got to put him through a program, a process uh, where I can strengthen his back. I could work the muscles around him. I could do certain things that's never been done to him before. As far as those guys you name, those are a handful. Those are a handful of guys. You you can name a handful of guys with those who succeeded at a high level. So I don't his back injury, Joel Embiid's back injury doesn't scare me away. But I did say this. With the first pick, I think the most NBA ready come out and play and give me fifteen points is uh Jabbar Jabari. Jabari, Jabari Parker. Yes. So and there are a lot of different situations here. Because the, the the names that I mentioned, that's when the number one pick really meant something. When it, when uh the Bennett kid got drafted by Cleveland, it's a number one overall pick. It's like in football now, it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. You you, the the notoriety players. the notoriety doesn't come with that number one overall pick if not a high profile guy. Eric Fisher went number one overall last year. Who is he? Nobody knows who he is unless <laughs> you're unless you're a football fan. He's a very serviceable guy, but you don't know it, it's not like Donovan now, it's not all these guys that come out. Uh, Chris Weber, Shaq, you know, uh, Derek Rose. Like in the past few years, the number one overall pick isn't as big of a deal anymore. Well, because we got guys coming out now, uh, and uh, you know, some of those guys, Chris Weber, Shaq, these guys come out after their freshman year, um, but they were so highly taunted. They were their spotlight was on them solely on them at the uh, prospective university. Like there was more noise about. The five five than Chris Webber because he had four other guys, actually five other guys that can play at a high level that he played at. Shaquille O'Neal was just a freak, a nature, something something different that we haven't seen in a long time, mm-hmm. I should say. And that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but then you look at Andrew Wiggins, Jabari Parker, it's gonna be another guy like them next week, next next year in the draft. Now and, well and it's interesting because we, we they said the same thing about Kevin Durant. He won player of the year, led the nation in scoring, led the nation in rebounding. His numbers were there. If you watched a lot of his games, which I did, he had so many clutch shots at such a young age and, and again, he has kind of a shack body in a completely different um completely different position, but he's a freak of nature for the position that he plays in. You know he's lanky. He has a seven four wingspan. He's seven feet. He shoots like he shoots like he's a shooting guard. He can drive and all these things that doesn't come around very often. And with Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if I necessarily see enough to throw everything but this, at them right now. This is the business. This is you're not going to see enough a lot of a lot of these guys. You're not going to see enough unless they stay in school three years. You're going to see guys going to coming to universities, certain universities, so they can leave in one year. Yeah, but when, when the lights were the brightest, they folded, both of them. I don't, I don't, those, that's, those situations don't scare me, because now I, I think they just... Isn't that, isn't that what should scare you the most? That they when the most important games of their life, they played the worst game that they've but played I've, all year, both of them. I've seen guys that you didn't even hear about in, in college, and come out and be great pros, and then I've seen, on the other end of the spectrum, what you're talking about, these guys making all this noise. These guys making all these noise and get all the hype in uh, in college, but they disappear in the pros. Yeah, no, and I understand, and that's so a risk you take. It's, it's a crap. Whomever you draft, 
you do these guys, these scouts, and these organizations, they do extensive work, a background sure. check on these guys. So even you, even so, in doing that, Adam Jones, Pac-Man Jones, Adam Jones had all the hype coming out. He had the hype. Now look at the situation he got in because the idiocy that he can't control his friends. Well, yeah. his friends. And, and so it's a crap. I think, in, in my opinion, with my first pick, Jabari Parker, if that's my knee, or whomever's the best player in the draft, and I can see where I go from there. But I'm not. It's a crapshoot either way. Well, yeah, and it's funny that the NFL was always looked at as a crapshoot, and the draft picks were always uh, highly weighted. With with trades and everything in that regard, even though trades aren't that important as much in uh, football as they are in basketball because they're not as prevalent. But now the NBA, with the lack of information that they get because a lot of these guys only play one year, the NBA had shifted more towards a crapshoot more than the NFL. And I know there's a lot more rounds in the NFL and everything in that regard, so there's a lot more parity involved. But I think personally this year, the Suns, when they have all of these draft picks, coupling them together to maybe move up in the draft from, what do they have, 13th pick or 14th Fourth, pick? 14. They, have, they can move up to the top five. 1.8 chance. Yeah, and get Joel Embiid because Alex Len didn't work. That's three, okay. that's three guys from Kansas on your basketball team. Now you're talking about getting in the playoffs. Okay, just because you are. I mean, I have a friend. Now, that's a, I have a friend that's a Blackhawks fan that doesn't watch hockey besides Blackhawks. He's like, they're going to win the championship. They're going to. That, that's idiot. what it's like. He's an idiot. Well, so all, your watch, comment was I watch smart. All, I watch. <laughs> I watch all sports. I don't just watch. I don't just watch Kansas. I watch all NCAA's. Okay. Well, for, for about a month. Uh, no, I'm only Playoffs. playing. No, I'm only playing. But when you have a Joel Embiid looking there in the Suns, I'm going to come to shifting a little bit. But the Suns have like five picks this year. They deserve. Okay. It. Well, and, and they traded away everybody to get them. So either you go get Kevin Love or you trade up to get a Joel Embiid. And I understand that I just said that Joel Embiid would, should not go first overall. But top five, top six, I think somebody that needs a center, you could plug him in and, uh, you if know, you, take a chance. If you the Suns, you the Phoenix Suns, you got the 14th pick, you luck up on that 1.8% chance of getting a top five pick and you don't take Joel Embiid and that's and no, that's no, 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 no. Chances are they trade the 14th pick and another first round pick to move up if somebody wants to trade down. That's what I'm talking I'm about. I'm talking about the lottery. I'm talking about a chance of getting yeah, no, that guy. I mean, You're it's, talking about a trade. Well, put it this way. You're Cleveland, about trade your, your first round. I think Cleveland two years ago had like 8 or 9%. No, it was less than that. They were like a they were the 10th potential team, 10th lowest, and they ended up getting the first overall pick. So crazier things have happened. Uh, this will show tonight if the lottery is fixed. If the Lakers get the number one overall pick, it's not then— it's not. We're gonna Are talk you kidding about, me? We're going to. We we know that it's fixed. We know that it's fixed. Look at the Cleveland situation. We, what? we know when Cleveland uh, had to get the pick, and they don't deserve anything ever again for drafting Anthony Bennett. Who play, I played more minutes than Anthony Bennett this year. <laughs> I had more points Crap, than he did. Shoot. Yeah. Well, I I understand, but there was a lot of talent in the in the draft last year. There's double the talent this year. It's a lot deeper, but it's not. There are no superstars. I still don't see Jabari Parker and Andrew Wiggins as superstars just because no, they came out of high school they and they were looked at the number one, number two guy in the country. College, None of them won even coach of the year, uh, player of the think, year. I don't think they're superstars at all. If they, I can't not call them superstars, professional superstars or collegiate superstars, because I can't call them superstars and, and call Paul George a superstar. That's yeah, not, because you're wrong in both. Not, I'm not wrong in both. You don't think you think Paul George is a superstar? Here's what I said. Here's what I was thinking. Okay, sorry, we do, don't have to talk about. It. Go ahead. Do I do I think um, he's a superstar? I guess we'll tell after this series. That's what I was, that's what I was getting to. Okay, I said if he don't show out, show up and show out in this series, he's just an average 
star. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's okay. Because he's got everything he wanted. You wanted this, you little spoiled brat. You got this, 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 and that. And now it's right in your face. What are you going to do? Here's the moment right now. This is it. Here's the moment. You took this guy, because of he, uh, Paul George, you took the Miami Heat. I mean, the Indiana Pacers, seven games with the Miami Heat, who eventually wins the uh, NBA championship. So who do you think, If, if give me your prediction, who gets the number one overall pick tonight? <laughs> 76ers. Six, well, I mean, and that's fine. I wish the 76ers would be good again because they were one of the original franchises. Yeah. I mean, they just were. They've been Lakers, around. Well, obviously, Detroit, they started in the ABA and then came back. CB, uh, Celtics, 76ers. You're talking about well, Milwaukee. You're talking about some original teams. Like, they got to be, they have to, everyone take, gets their turn. It's just some organization like the Lakers, when they fall off, they get back quick. I don't see the Lakers bouncing back so quickly. No, no, and days. that's, it's two, three, four years. I mean, it, it's added a couple years because Kobe's not in prominence anymore. Well, Kobe's going to be done in two years. Right, and you have, so this is the interesting part. With Philadelphia, as bad as they were last year, they have Nerlens Noel that hasn't played. Okay, so he was one of the best players coming out of college two years ago. And rookie of the year. Who deferred most of his contract? Go. Michael Carter Williams. Yep. Okay, so you have two pretty good, by your estimation, young guys that could be the core of a team. If you add, say, Joel Embiid, a center, and Nerlens Noel down low, nobody gave Anthony Davis a chance, and now he's an all star. So you, it takes these guys a couple of years to uh, evolve. So if you have a core of three stud guys, could potentially turn to the next Oklahoma City. I know that's far fetched, yes, but is. it could potentially be. And I don't, I don't, uh, that's not a bad comment to make because I don't, when, when you get these guys and I've been, and we've been talking to them, I've been saying that whomever I pick in the first round, it's a crapshoot. I don't know how he's going to get, it's not just basketball. It's a lifestyle that he's going to have to get accustomed to. It's to travel and it's going to look like a bum season for him. If he can if he's not coming in with the right mindset, if he doesn't come into a veteran team, he doesn't come into a coach that knows what he's doing. He goes somewhere to a, Brooklyn Nets, I don't know if he's going – well, that's more of a professional team also. Uh, and the professional team that I come to mind is the San Antonio Spurs who goes about business the, the way they do. But when these guys come in right out of college, um, right out of high school, pretty much nine months out of high school, I think they still need time. I think if they go to the right team, look at Kobe, how he came along. Kobe's mega superstar. Look how he came along right out of high school. He didn't have to play a lot of minutes when he got there. Nurture these guys into them or find a way to keep them in school. And when you do keep them in school, you find a way to pay them some type of allotment where it benefits the school, the NCAA, and the NBA, yeah. as well as that guy who's about to make that money for you. And you got to think that, and, and to your point, there aren't any more Grant Hills and LeBron James just come in. Grant Hill was an All-Stars rookie year. Yeah. Okay? I think he was one of the only ones. I think Moses Malone was too. It was somebody else that, w- that was deep in history. Um, LeBron James got snubbed his rookie year, because uh, and that's why he won't do the dunk competition. That's kind of like a theory behind that. But there's are there aren't guys that'll make intense, uh, adi- be an intense addition to a team for a full eighty two game season because that's almost three times the amount of games that these kids play in college, two and a half times. So you have to expect growing pains. I understand that if you can withstand the See, the a, uh, the, uh, the scrapes and burns injuries as a rookie. I mean, that's how you learn, and I don't think that you can put the whole weight of your franchise that's failing on a 19-year-old kid. It doesn't work like that. Cleveland got lucky. Yeah, but those, they are. Talk about another fixed one, that Ohio kid that happens to get the number. 
That's what I've been. I understand. So, the La- so you say the Lakers will get the number one overall pick. They have a six point two percent chance. I think six of the last twelve years. Well, you got to market that. You got to market that. Um, well, that franchise has to be marketed in that city that it's in. The Lakers can always, they can always um, be on national TV with the worst record in the league. But imagine when you put them back to prominence. You got Kobe. Depending on what free agency they get, they won't get. I think next year is the Lakers' bounce back year. Bounce back to like 50 game winning season, playoffs, first round. Well, it depends yeah. on if they get Kevin Love. It depends on if they what, get. That's what I'm thinking. That's now, what I'm do they about. trade? Say they get the sixth pick. Say they don't move, they get the sixth pick. If you were the Lakers, and, and, and I would and do I know this. I'm getting Kevin Love? Yes. No, no, no. If you, if you had the sixth pick, would you trade the sixth pick and two younger guys or every draft pick you have for the next 15 years to get Kevin Love? You no. know what I mean? Yes, no, not the house for him. Yes, no. I, you, I wouldn't. you wouldn't trade the house for him? For Kevin Love? Yeah. No. You wouldn't? No. It's, there's going to be another guy like him in five years. There aren't many guys that shoot fifty percent from the field, forty percent from the line, eighty-five percent from the eighty-five percent from the line. Did you know Kevin Love was going to be that guy when he came? Into Never. The okay, that's what I'm saying. It's Never. Be another guy like he was him. a chess pass guy. <laughs> he was an outlet guy. He in was UCLA. a guy who studied basketball. He wasn't even the best player on his team he in college. Wasn't. Well, neither was Russell Westbrook. But who knows his passion, his determination, his will, his hope? Who knows his desire? When you get, I a know chance, twenty-four and fifteen. That's what I know. Right. That's what I. But what his numbers are. That's what I know. Great numbers in the LA in the LA Lakers. With that twenty four and fifteen, if they if they can get somebody like that, I don't think you trade the house for it. Kevin Love is a great basketball player. I think the L.A. Lakers is where he's going to end up. You he think has, so? He has one more year on the contract. Right. He's he could be signed right now with his team. It's going to be a sign and trade, or he just right. going to finish his contract. He'll get traded before that. Right. Because they're going to get something for Kevin Love. That, that's too much the, of a the great caveat's talent. going to be is is he going to resign? So the signing trade is what it's going to have to be because well, safe with the, the Suns because right he has an expiring contract. So we get traded to the Suns. He pulls a Dwight Howard and the Suns are screwed. They he's lose not, all he's their draft not picks. That type of guy. He's not a Dwight Howard type of guy. Uh, Dwight Howard wasn't that type of guy yeah. until he was until he was that type Dwight of guy. Dwight Howard wants to win like everybody in the NBA wants to win. But you, how idiotically you go about your business. You, we talk about guys like Dwight Howard or try to compare him to the Dwight Howard situation or LeBron's um, a, minus, a minor situation LeBron had with the decision, although the decision benefited homeless, or whatever charity he went to. Boys now, and Kevin, Girls Club. Yeah, Boys and Girls Club. All right, Kevin Love. If the, if the team he's playing with right now wants to get something from him, knowing that he's leaving, he's not getting anything. Which he made it clear. Right. You have to sign him right now and trade him and let it be this year. You have to do that right now because at the end of the year, you go, he just can walk away. You're not going to get anything sure. for him. So you do that, sign in trades, so it, that allows the team that he's getting traded to to understand that he's going to be on that team. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll have a say with where he wants to go. He already said Warriors and Bulls. But he can't stay there. That team, it has to be a long-term contract. Sure. like you said, he can't do a one-year deal like going to the Lakers and right. leaving. Right, And wasting my but money. But I mean, I think that you would take a three. Well, he wants max money. And, and why not? Which he should get. Yeah, why not? Uh, so he's going to do the same thing with Dwight Howard did. He's going to get 30 less million, but he's not going to be playing in Houston pretty much. So he has to pay sales tax. So it's interesting that the signing trade. That's he, he can sign and trade, go anywhere. He can come to Phoenix for one year, but Phoenix will have to give up too much for him to leave. And then Phoenix is back to where, square one. So are you saying that, like say the Lakers, for example, or Phoenix, for example, you and Minnesota in this regard, you do it now? Because at least you'll get draft picks for this draft. That's a pretty deep draft. You have no idea what's going to happen next year. Right? Is that what you do? You take you 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 uh, bite so it right now. You get rid of him. He's not going to be a, a Timberwolf come October. 
The whole everybody in Minnesota know he's not coming back to right. Minnesota. He, he signed and trade him now. Here's the problem with with the uh, sign and trade. It benefits the um, Minnesota Timberwolves. It benefits them. It doesn't benefit the team he's going to go to if he has an ultimate team because only it's a one year deal. Now, if you sign and trade him to the Phoenix Suns, they would like to have him for five years. Sure. That's not going to be the case. You may get him for one year to be relevant again, Phoenix Suns, but then you just gave up three years. No, they three, won't do that. They, it's they, not going to happen. There's not, they won't do it, but that's what's going to have to happen if they do do it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't do it for one year, uh, Phoenix Suns. You can't, Jeff Hornacek. You can't do that. And I think another thing that is beneficial for them to get rid of him now is that now they can find a coach because no coach would go there because now they know yeah. that he's not going to be there. No so coach. now you need to – um, you, you need to bring somebody in there. You need to put some pieces together that will make a coach excited to go there. Because if they get some draft picks early and they say they make a trade tonight, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, with, with, when all the when all the balls fall tonight, a lot of things will become clear. Ping pong balls, but this is a great. This is the best. This is, I'm not like really a huge draft watcher. Um, I love maybe, watching maybe, the lottery thing. Maybe, maybe basketball. I just don't watch football draft. It's just a joke. It's you watch the first round intently? Yeah, on my phone. Who just got drafted? Well, yeah, that's or, the score or, center, or, right, or, baby. That's or, the yeah, best. Or the tick, yeah, or the ticker. I, I don't sit there and watch those guys sit in the room. That is crazy. You, well, I it's can, 10 minutes. It's I like, can sit there and it's three hours. Well, yeah, but do you need 10 minutes to pick? Oh, Have no, you not done I know, any I know, research? I know. You, what are you waiting for? Oh, well, no, this is what the 10 minutes for. They wait until the ninth minute. To see if anyone want to make, right. come over with, with a ridiculous mm-hmm. trade. Yeah. Uh, and then something you can't turn down. Sure. Yeah. Well, but Houston, so, Houston waited until 9.58 to right. put that pick in. Right. All right. Is there anything wrong with the NFL as far as the playoffs, adding another team? I would love it. I wouldn't. You know, and, and, and I understand why. And because you and I are coming from very – we are from polar opposite standpoints here. Because you went through it. I didn't. I love watching playoff football, and I think that there are too many good teams shouldn't, now. Shouldn't it be elite, though? Like, shouldn't that be an elite? You'd be the stuff? first person to say that every single player in the NFL is elite because they I, made it. Well, I, no, Mm-mm. no, uh, uh-uh. no, I, I say, no. I say this, no, because I've always said this. I know what these guys go through, so I don't discount that. I, I, I don't walk up to a guy or a guy come up to me, and or we doing the same event and. Uh, and I just brush them off because I know what he had to go through to get there. Now, at the same time, I said about 35%, 40% of those guys should not even be in the NFL. Interesting. Those guys cannot play a lick. But they doing it's a coach coming from a certain school, coming from a system. I don't think scouts, 30, well, 30% of the scouting, 40% of the scouting, uh, just go with the same pick. They don't even know the defense or their prospective professional teams, but they just go get a guy. And it's, even so, when they do that, it still has to go to the head coach, to the GM, and so on. I don't think adding one more team in, uh, in, each, in each conference would be that big I of a deal. I think it should be, well, man up and get your team together and make the 12-team uh, playoff. I think it should be an elite status. To me, that's what I think. Arizona Cardinals 10-6, they didn't make the playoffs. Then they should have won one more game early in the year. And I want the Arizona Cardinals to always make the playoffs. But that makes your team better mentally. Like, we can't go through another 10-6 and six and not make the playoffs. We got to prepare a different way. We got to win those games we have to win. And, and you know, like I know, any given Sunday, some Jacksonville Jaguars can beat the Arizona Cardinals, can beat the New England Patriots. And you're right. And, and, and okay, so on the other side of that, on the other side of my argument, is that the scheduling is so genius that all the good teams the year before get the hardest schedules the next year. So they try to keep everybody relevant, and I love that. To. I, 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 lo- but I love it. Look at the top eight, 
toughest schedules this year are from AFC West and NFC West. That's it. And that's why Poor he- Oakland. I don't know why they got the, the short end of the stick because they sucked last year and they have the s- toughest schedule of, of all the 32 teams. We, well, when the, um, the St. Louis Rams won a Super Bowl the year before that, they were, they were 12 and 4 or 13 and 3, 12 and 4, something like that. Because of what you just said, the scheduling, because they were so bad, then they get to play other bad teams. Become back prominent again, mm-hmm. uh, or at least, and it's cyclical. At least, yeah, and and one, and I always say, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I was part of anything possibly happen when we got when we got in playoff. Still need a lot of work done. Well, but, I mean, look at the Chargers last year. Right. They wanted a sick run. They had they needed Pittsburgh and Miami yeah. to lose everything. They won a playoff game. Don't we talk about the Chargers every year? In well, that because situation? that's what it is. I know. Win the damn games early. If they win the games early, and that's why I say the playoffs should be an elite status. The twelve games. Don't go to 12. Don't be a 12 and try to go to 14. Don't do that. And then in 10 years, it's, it's 16. I, I would not prefer that. Yeah. Well, because you're right. This could potentially turn into a slippery slope because that's two extra playoff games. So, so much the, more money for the NFL. Let me the players you. don't get paid anymore. What? They don't. And you can't do it. I, I don't want to get you on that tangent. The, I don't want to. The, <laughs> <I owners, should've, laughs> the owners can't do it. The owners can't do it without going through the NFL PA anyway. They think they can, but they can't because you just changed their job description. So, so they would try to take one preseason game away, potentially, or no. you just have them go. No, through, you just have don't. four teams go through sixty extra minutes of football. I think the preseason games are needed. I think it builds up the hype. Football is already well, especially right now, for rookies. Yeah, I mean, for, especially yeah, guys trying to make teams. teams. Here's what I would like, though. I would like for the free agency. You you only have seven days or ten days. Let me give you ten right. days for free. Like go into a frenzy and let the GMs now do their job. So now the GMs are more hired and fired than the players are. So there won't be that many like bugs. the CBA summer, right? Three summers have ago. a frenzy and let the GMs do their job and do their homework. Say so we got to have this guy. I know this guy may be coming out later. The team haven't released him. Well, if we can manage our money and market, then we'll get this guy. Or oh, go into that free agent frenzy that we had. Now. As far as the least status go and making the playoff, I think it should stay the same as long as you don't do anything further that's going to jeopardize the game itself. It's just <laughs> unfair that a 7-9 and nine a team fan? can win Seattle. Yeah. Like that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, and, and the, AFC West, the NFC West has been like that. I mean, the NFC West was the worst conference three for worst division three years ago. I don't know how they do this, and I think maybe those two other or two other Four players. years ago. Sorry. Those, oh, that's fine. Those two other um, playoff games, when you're looking at the Cardinals, it's 10-6. And you're looking at uh, the Seattle Seahawks is nine and seven. I don't know. Maybe the extra playoff games get the Cardinals in, but how do you not find a way to put a ten and six team in over a nine and seven team? Well, no, it, it was the seven and nine season when Seattle won the division and they beat. They, yeah. Well, they got. Well, they, they beat got New Orleans. Play. That was that was Marshawn Lynch's run in New Orleans in Seattle. Yeah, New yeah. Orleans, is, and that's just like there's so many good teams that didn't make the playoffs, but that's just how it is. And then the last two years, Seattle and San Francisco I, I, have had great records, and Arizona I wasn't agree. supposed. You said they were supposed. They went. You picked ten and six before the season started. Uh, sure. Okay, did. you did. They easily could have been eight and eight, and I think that ten and six was their peak. And they could have been twelve and four. No, I don't think they could have been. Well, I don't think they could have been eight and eight. Not with they won team. a couple close games. Which that, which, which they lost a couple close games. I know for, I know for, one year we lost seven. Games by one or two points. The next year we won those games by one or two points. So it, it goes to your coming. It goes both ways. And, and what did they I, finish I, I eight and eight two years eight ago? Eight what yeah. did they finish? Eight, eight and eight. And they gave up three fourth quarter leads? Yes. 
Three or four? four? Four. Well, I know it wasn't a fourth quarter lead. They were up three touchdowns on Baltimore. Uh, I was going to say that Baltimore game just drove me crazy. And that was one of the early games of the year. And they and, was killing them at halftime. Yeah, and they lost, they lost to a couple really bad teams. So, I mean, yes, you're right. But that, okay, going back to the point, I think that it's a, it's a win-win. If they don't, it stays the same, that's great. It works, it's worked for a long time. If they add two more games, I think that it would validate more teams for having good records. Uh, but I, I think that, that, but that also could be it's an everybody wins kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, you know what? Just because be you lost, you still win. You can go in the playoffs. Right. I, I think, These guys I, play so hard, put their bodies on the line all the time. Maybe you're rewarding them a little bit more. Look at the NBA. Everybody gets in. Everybody <laughs> wins. And if you don't win, you get a top five pick. It's just, that's just what it is. 57 and, uh, what was, was it, 54 and 40-something? Oh, 30-something? No, 29. What? Phoenix Suns. They didn't get in. They had the best record in. 48. Half of the teams in the uh, East. But they're not playing in the East. So man up next year and say, we can't have this record and not get in the playoffs because the teams that got in the playoffs, we kind of handled them during the regular season. We've seen how the regular season and, uh, and playoffs times come. They're all different ball games. The San Antonio Spurs lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder 10 out of 12 games. Look what happened last night. Yeah. Now, Sergey Barker was absent, but look what happened. The playoffs is different. Do you think the NFL should go to a lottery system instead of just having the worst draft? Because of the scheduling, I think that they could pull off a lottery. And it would keep you from tanking. It would keep a lot of things from happening. I, I don't know. That's a tough question. But uh, we, that's something we have to write down, think about it, come on and seriously talk about it, and maybe get somebody who knows more than us, whomever that could be, um, <laughs> about and talk about that. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to be calling in. I have to hit Fountain Hills. Um, Alex Clancy is his He's running the show. Kwamla Sports Talk, Alex Clancy. We'll be back in about a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back. Call me left of Sports Talk, 888-346-9144. Alex Clancy in studio solo. Call me had to head out. He will be calling in uh, momentarily. Talked a lot of ping pong balls today. Potential expansion of uh, NFL playoffs. We'll keep an eye on that as the, uh, as the months progress. San Antonio took care of business last night. San Antonio looked really, really good, and Oklahoma City just, you know, they tried to hang in, they tried to hang in, they just seemed outmatched. And it's just interesting how San Antonio still has this gear, and I've talked about it in the past, that they just turn on in the playoffs. 122-105, Spurs beat Oklahoma City. Tim Duncan had a Tim Duncan-esque game. 
Uh, he had 27 points, 21 in the first half. He only played 29 minutes at 27 and 7, 11 of 19 from the field. Tony Parker, 14 and 12. Kawhi Leonard, 16 and 6. Danny Green played great defense. And Manu Ginobili just kind of blew the game open at the end, scoring, I think, 8 or 10 of his, uh, of his 18 in the fourth quarter. Kevin Durant, pretty good game. 28 and 9, 5 dimes, 10 of 19 from the field. Russell Westbrook, 25, 7, and 5. I mean, he played fine. He took 21 shots, which is, you know, it's not great, but it's fine. <laughs> the other three starters, five points combined. Two for 10 from the field. Talking of Kendrick Perkins, Stavos Evolosha, and Nick Collison. Steven Adams played okay, didn't play a lot of minutes, played 40 minutes in game seven against the, game six against the Clippers, only played 17 last night. Reggie Jackson had a pretty good game, but it's just not good enough to beat San Antonio. Couple stats. Spurs have won 10 straight game ones in postseason play. Tied for third in NBA history, longest streak. One shy of the record, Bulls 96-98. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili together have won 110 playoff games, tying Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Cooper for most such wins by a trio in NBA history. Boom. Who would have thought? A small market team did it all through the draft, kept everybody together. Who knew that this would work with, with the head coach, Greg Popovich, keeping everybody together? 66-32 uh, pain points. Shot 58% from the field. Thunder allowed 41 points per game in the paint. Spurs scored 25 more last night. It seemed like they were getting such easy shots all the time. But the, the stat that got me the most, this is all live Sports Bureau, the, thought, the, the stat that got me the most, Thunder missed 14 of 16 shots when Danny Green was the primary defender. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant were 2 for 9 from the field when guarded by Danny Green. Kwame, you talked about this uh, yesterday that Danny Green might be the X-factor on the defensive side of the ball. Kawhi Leonard played really good defense as well, had a couple steals for layups, but Danny Green really, really surprised me. What did you take away most from this game? Kwame? The, the paint points. I think it was like 61 points in the paint, uh, something like that, but I take away is the presence that it looked like it was so much Sergei Ibaka's absence. I didn't think uh, Carlos, I think those guys didn't get it done as far as what Sergey is able to do as far as his presence in the paint. And it just looked like the San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan, those guys played the inside-outside game, and those guys hit a lot of big threes, big shots from the distance in the second half of that basketball game. So I think they're going to have to control that, that middle a little bit more from the Oklahoma City Thunders. There had to be a presence down there. Uh, so they, if, you, if at all possible, making the San Antonio Spurs a one-dimensional team, I don't know if that's going to be possible. Um, with their other game at home and with the momentum they're on and beating that team. Then before I went up there, I think we talked about the San Antonio Spurs losing 10 out of 12 games. we talking playoffs and we talking regular season. We know who the playoffs team is in, in, in San Antonio Spurs and what they do at this moment. So I think that presence in the middle will have to be strengthened, has going to be uh, thought about and act on on. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that after watching last night, it's difficult for Oklahoma City to match up when Tim Duncan plays center because Tiago Splitter only played 19 minutes last night. So you need to, these guys need to be, 
just do conditioning workouts from now until tomorrow, which is game two, because Nick Collison and or Steven Adams need to be able to run the court with Tim Duncan. And Tim Duncan is one of the best power forwards of all time in running the court, running down the middle, being able to compose himself and not to get charges taken upon him and things in that regard and being able to finish around the basket. They need to play the big guys more. More than, what was it, uh, 33 minutes combined between Nick Collison and uh, Steven Adams. I look for St- Scott Brooks to play bigger lineups and try to get the ball down low as much as possible, which will open up the outside game. And I know that their, their down low skills are lacking, but if you can just get the ball down low, you don't even have to score there, but you need to get some sort of production from your three lowest post guys, and Thabocephaloja, who is one of the best three-point shooters the last two years, and he's checked out all year this year. So, I didn't understand Scott Brooks' um, lineup changes. I didn't, I didn't get that at all. I know um, Russell Westbrook and Tim Duncan was able to get off uh, what they were able to do, but I didn't understand the lineup against a smaller team. You um, putting that smaller team out there against the San Antonio Spurs. That kind of baffled me. Uh, another thing, and let me get your uh, thoughts or opinions on this, I didn't think I thought the referees were calling some crazy calls in the playoffs. At one point, and that might have been happening in the second half. At one point in the second half, they let those guys play. You saw physicalness on both ends, and there was no calls. And I think the guys, the players, should understand that. Okay, this is where we play. Outside of doing anything silly or crazy, uh, just play physical, play physical basketball. But I thought some of those calls was ticky tack that you did, you wouldn't make. And, it, and even if in slow motion, they didn't look like fouls. But I'm not taking away from their job because I know that's a tough job to do, calling a spur in a moment or in an instant calls that you have to make. And depending on who the guy is, superstar or just a regular guy, on who gets those calls. But I saw him being called against Kevin Durant that I didn't understand or agree with, I should say, that that should have been a call. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be definitely a scapegoat for Oklahoma City. I mean, any good coach will tell you that referees don't win or lose basketball games. Players do. Uh, when you shoots 58% from the field, San Antonio did, and only yield 11 fast break points for one of the fastest, most electrifying, freakishly talented teams in the NBA. 11 fast break points. You're going to win every time. You're going you're to sweep these guys if that's the case. And again, this is another outlier, in my opinion, just like Indiana and Miami, just like the Clippers in Game 1 against Oklahoma City on the road, the home team played so well that I don't know if you can use that as a barometer for the rest of the series. I'm not I'm not knocking out Oklahoma City just after one game. The series doesn't start until a home team loses. That's the whole adage. That's it. And if the home teams don't lose, then the home court advantage team wins, obviously. So, I yeah. mean, I, I don't I mean, think that Oklahoma City needs to be that downtrodden after game one, just like they weren't after the Clippers series. No, the San Antonio Spurs did exactly what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to take care of home, home court. Uh, when when Oklahoma go home, take care of home court. And then the San Antonio Spurs have a home court advantage, have to find a way to win at home, or there has to be an upset, because this would it will be an upset, even with or without Sergio Barker, it would be an upset when it goes to Game 7 and Oklahoma City wins. Take care of home court, find a way to win if you don't have home court, and, and that series is over. It's either, it's either you move on to the championship or you win the championship. But I think you take care there's no there's no disappointment or frustration other than certain plays they could have made in Oklahoma City Thunder. There's no frustration frustration with it. They went out there 
They got the pulse of what, how this basketball game is going to be played. We got to discount what happened in the regular season or what happened the past 12 games uh, that we played against the San Antonio Spurs and understand we are playing against a machine and what they do best. No, no mic, no hype, no marketing, uh, big-time marketing. It's not L.A. It's not New York. We're playing San Antonio Spurs down in Alamo, and we got to be ready to play. And if we can steal a game, it's going to have to be game seven from the Oklahoma City Thunder. 888-346-9144. Call me last at Sports Talk. Call me on the line, Alex Clancy in studio. Indiana, Miami, game two tonight, 8.30 Eastern. LeBron James is averaging 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists following a playoff loss in his career. Do you think it's solely upon LeBron to to push these guys into a victory in game 2 or do you think that it's more they're more going to it's more going to be predicated upon Miami playing defense and not allowing Indiana to do whatever they want on the offensive side of the ball? No, I think um and I know, let me say that, let me get the facts on this. Everybody knows LeBron James is the best player in the world basketball wise. We haven't seen another one of him like in a while, and there will probably be another one of him after him, but that's going to take a time. That remains to be seen. I think his own teammates know he's the best player in the world. So what are they going to do? How are they going to step up mentally and physically? Chris Boss has to play a way better game. Stop shooting threes when you are not off. You're putting yourself in a hole. Now, when, you, when you're in that type of deficit, you find a way to work your way back because there's going to be other games like this against the Indiana Pacers uh, in this series. So you find a way to work yourself out this hole. Now you got to develop another part of your basketball game, Chris Paul. I don't think it's incumbent for LeBron James to say, I got this, follow my league on my back. That's what's going to happen anyway. But what are those role players going to do? The big three. The big three, in my opinion, Chris Paul and the rest of those guys on the bench. That's the big three. I think the Wayne Wade... It's still serviceable for 25 points, which he did to get 27 last game. But no one else stepped up in his basketball game. When we're talking about home court and, and the series doesn't happen until the home court lose, well, here's where the series changed tonight in this game. Miami wins this game, uh, but a lot of guys on that Miami Heat basketball team went out to step up. They thought they were playing the discombobulated Indiana Pacers that we saw for three months prior to this series right here. So that's not the case. The Indiana Pacers wanted this game. They wanted home court. They got it. They wanted the Miami Heat, a chance at the Miami Heat. They got it. Now the Miami Heat has to wake up and say, wait a minute, we just got down one to a team that, is, in my opinion, is pretty good. We just got down one. We got to steal one and go back to Miami and win two. Now it's 3-1 going back to Miami. Now we like our chances. They can't beat us two times in a row. Yeah, no, absolutely. And LeBron obviously needs to get to the line more than twice in a game. He needs to drive to the basket. And you will see early on, if I know anything about LeBron from all that I've watched of him, he will go to the basket early and often in the first quarter, instill some dominance, and that'll open up everything. That'll allow Ray Allen to get open shots. That'll allow Mario Chalmers to get open shots. That'll allow Chris Anderson to get dunks. That'll allow Chris Bosh to get 15-footers that he loves so much. LeBron going to the basket, if he does it early and often, that will yield Miami to get the momentum back in this series. And I truly don't believe that if Indiana wins tonight, that the series is over. I truly don't. And I think that if, again, this this all depends on LeBron's mindset before the game. If you're the best player in the world, 
show Indiana that they still have a reason to fear the Miami Heat. Because I don't know if Indiana thinks that they should fear Indiana uh, Miami anymore. They always had that little fear like a little brother looking up to the big brother. Beat him once, beat him twice, but never beat, never won the series. And this is Indiana's chance to dethrone Miami. And if LeBron has anything to say about it, I don't think it's going to happen. We've got to take a break. Call me last letter sports talk. On the other side, we're going to talk Donald Sterling. A hearing date has been set for June 3rd. I'll tell you why. I think that's an awful date to set it at. Call me last letter sports talk. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. I'll get you there. You can try and read my lyrics. Call me last time sports talk, voiceamerica.com, 888-346-9144. Follow Kwame on Twitter, at Kwame Lasseter. Follow me, Alex Clancy, at Clancy's Corner. Talked NBA lottery tonight. I believe the halftime of uh, Oklahoma City or of uh, Indiana and Miami, and then June third, Donald Sterling. The hearing date is set. After which, the owners will vote to determine whether he will be forced to sell his team. They need a three-fourth vote, which is twenty-two out of twenty-nine owners. I'm not sure if this will ever come to light. I'm not sure if this will ever get out of court before Donald Sterling's final days. I mean, he he will keep it in court, in my opinion, as long as he possibly can. He can appeal, which will take a long time, and that this is only 50% of it, because then you have Shelly Sterling, who will also be forced to sell her portion of the team if the voter if the owners vote in that favor, and she's probably going to go to court too. So there are going to be so many things that are involved with this if she falls for divorce uh, to try and get the team, that'll be a whole other set of issues. The reason why I said before the break that I'm upset about the date in which this appeal is set is because it's two days before the NBA Finals start. So this is going to overshadow the beauty of the NBA Finals and all these players that work so hard to get here through the grueling season, the grueling playoffs, injuries, everything in that regard, 
and now we have to worry about this before the NBA Finals start. Kwame, do you think the date is the correct time, or should they just set it for tomorrow? Like, why, what are they waiting for? When you uh, mentioned before you went off the air, you was upset about the date. I was wondering why. Um, but when you brought it back to light, I agree with you 100%. Uh, I think don't confuse or interrupt what these guys play for all their lives to disrupt some idiotic situation that the Donald Sterling uh, deal is. Don't get in the way of these guys' success uh, of playing and, and their mental uh, of a football of a basketball game and the playoffs. I think it could be set after the playoffs and then and uh, expedite any situation and every situation that you can to get it resolved. I uh, you have to think about this though. A lot of these guys said they are not playing for the Clippers if this family still owns this team. Now they're under contract. We look at Doc Rivers made made shades to he don't know if he could coach if they still own his team. He's on the contract. What this is going to do, and I don't think it's a threat that these guys said if they, they, they can't play on these conditions. I don't think it's a threat. Because what Donald Sterling did and said, and what's going on with the uh, uh, Shelly Sterling situation or how she's going to market uh, herself as the, head, as the uh, owner of that team now, they've changed the dynamics or the brand of NBA. So I think that's more of a concern not more of a concern, but just as important as a concern of what the NBA brand and the L.A. Clippers will be and how it, how it fits into marketing. Uh, and, and, again, at the end of the day, this guy, Donald Stolen, is a lawyer. He is an attorney. He, he knows how to work the court system, and rightfully so. He's not illegally doing it. It's just immorally he wants to drag this out. His team is out of the playoffs, so now he can take the stage. He can take center court. So I think uh, the date is wrong. I agree with you on that. The date is wrong. But, you know, you got guys who are going to have to wonder who the coach is next year if Shelly Sterling still owns the team or if they still going through this. You got, you know, basketball like football is pretty much all year long. They got summer leagues, summer camps. Who are you going to draft? Is that guy that you draft tonight or possibly in a, in a month or so going to be willing to work with that organization, go to that organization, puts me in the mindset of Eli Manning and the San Diego Chargers and New York Jacks when he got drafted. It's a lot of things, and it's all complicated uh, because you still have contracts with these guys. Now, did they, did they, was it a conduct detrimental as far as contract, contracts are concerned and Donald Sterling issued when he came out and said what he said? I think um, it should be expedited real quick but I think it should be done after the playoffs, immediately after the playoffs. But then the other side of that is the the players want them off now. The players want them out now. So right. you can't really well, you can't make every you can't make everybody happy. And I think that with the players, at least Adam Silver set a date. I mean, this is there is a group exhale right now because we talked last week. He has he hadn't set a date. Like yes, it's great to say all those things in the uh, in the press conference. Gave everybody chills. Made everybody you know. Uh, you know, it was a sufficient penalty in theory, but carrying it out is something completely different. I mean, the guy that the guy that tweeted um, about Michael Sam, he said awful when Michael Sam uh, kissed his boyfriend after getting drafted. Now he's reinstated with the Dolphins. People forget things really fast, you know. So it's I know this is not the same degree at all, but it's in the same genre of things yeah, that people you know forget. You, you're right. You can't make everybody. I take it from me. 
when you're trying to make everybody happy, you're going to be the miserable one at the end of the day. You just can't do it. And sometimes you got to stick to your guns, hold your position, and say, this is what it is because this is what you believe. And at the, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it'll all pan out, and it will be, <laughs> it'll be fine. And the funny thing about I'll that... everybody happy, so whatever decision you have to make, and don't forget the owners have to make this decision to even get them out. I think it's three-fourths of the vote. Now, I'm like everybody else, or should I say I'm like everybody else that I know, that I talk to, that I would like to see... I would like to see who the owners are that allow this guy to stay in the league like this. Yeah, good I luck. Mean, because I'm, I'm convicted. I'm conflicted about taking someone's taking someone's business or product from him. But I'm also understanding that he was under a contract that you cannot change the complexity of the NBA association. I think he's disturbed that. So this is why it will go to all the courts on the land at the end of the day. Yeah, and it's going to stay there. It's gonna it's gonna rot there, and this is it's like the collective bargaining agreement again. It's not even this on the same arena, but players will play when their paychecks are being quite when their paychecks are dangled in front of them or put into the fire. So. You don't think? Well, I mean, it's easy to say, and let's not get totally. It's easy to say the upper echelon guys that have made their money, they can retire right now, never work a day in their lives again, and have money. That's easy to say for them, but everybody else, it's it's not as easy to say. Because I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. you can stand up for something. So. You remember the 19, let me see, 85, 87 draft, uh, I mean, lockout, boycott. Then you had guys go over, and, but we also had the World League. But in basketball, we also have an international league. But when those guys walked over, because they thought their contracts were dangling over there, they didn't understand how much money the NBA, the NFL was still making while they were sitting out. They didn't understand that the $100,000 $300 contract was a maximum deal. I don't think any NBA player playing on a certain situation going to have any problem with going to court and getting that money back if they sit out for something they believe in and something that's, that's really disturbing in 2014. Yeah, they'll sit out. But you get those guys come over trying to play in a situation like this when there's a greater cause, then you're going to see some guys looked at differently, treated differently, uh, Fair or not, that's what it's going to be. Yeah, I but don't think the, the money I, is going to do anything as far as make these guys want to play. Now you got some young guys who plays for the money, and that might be a situation. But I don't think at the end at at the end of the day, when it's a bigger cause or greater cause, I don't think those guys going to worry about that because they're going to get that money if they have to sit out because of the conditions they are forced to play under. Yeah, so we have one minute left. I'm going to ask you a question. I know this is a difficult question to answer yes or no, but I'm asking you yes or no because we have 30 seconds left. Do you think it would be beneficial for the players, especially the African-American players, because we're talking about Donald Sterling, to play and say one person will not affect my work ethic? I need 10 words because we have 30 seconds left. No. No, I don't think those guys will play. Man, it's 2014. I mean, the world is already, it's what it is. People are who they are. I don't think uh, those guys are going to play. I okay. don't think they're going to say, I can't let one guy mess my money up. I think there's a greater call. Well, well it was more of it was more of a personal thing that, than the actual money. But we have to go. Uh, we're taking tomorrow off. We'll be back. Thursday. We'll be back Thursday. Kwame and I will be in studio uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, voiceamerica.com. Download the, the, the app. Streams really uh, seamlessly. At Kwame Lasseter, at Clancy's Corner. We'll see you guys Thursday.
Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.